today on Abounding Grace. Knowing your spiritual gift and understanding how the Spirit operates in your life is critical for your spiritual growth, for you to become that mature, strong believer. Knowing where you fit in the body, knowing how God has designed you. I believe that God, according to His Word, has given every believer a spiritual gift to help us walk properly. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Thanks for stopping by. It's time for Abounding Grace, a ministry of Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora. Pastor Ed Taylor is in 1 Corinthians, and we're spending a considerable amount of time in chapter 12 due to its rich content. Maybe you've looked at this chapter, like many, as though it's just a list of spiritual gifts. But Pastor Ed believes these are actually manifestations of the Spirit, and he'll explain the difference as we go along. So with Bible in hand, let's set out to understand spiritual gifts, spiritual ministries, and the manifestations of the Spirit. Whenever the topic of spiritual gifts is brought up, there are always ears immediately tuning in. What? What? Spiritual gifts? Tell me about the spiritual gifts. I've already wondered about the spiritual gifts. And there are ears tuned in wanting to know what the Bible has to say. I think that's a good thing. I commend you guys. I commend those that are taking time to tune in on the internet or on listening to a radio broadcast or maybe grabbing this study later. And you guys here that have made Wednesday nights a part of your life, I commend you in the Lord for investing this time. This is not time that will be thrown away. This is not time that when you're done with it, you know how it is. You build up an anticipation perhaps to watch that, that movie. And then at the end of the movie, you're like, man. That was a long time, just wasted. There was not much to it. I should have waited for the DVD on that one. I could have got it for 99 cents or free, you know, from Redbox. What am I doing? But when you come to Bible study, that doesn't happen. When you come and invest your time in growing in the things of God, it's not a waste. You won't look back on the time of Bible study, the time of service, of ministry, the investment, the extra time, the effort that it took to be here, of all the things that had to change and how you rushed over here. Some of you are hungry. You, you came even before you could eat because you want to be fed the word and you'll get to eating later. That is not a waste of time. It's an investment. And you're to be commended in the Lord for making good decisions. Even those of you that are parents, I know it's a little easier with the school being out in the summer But some of you parents have just decided, you know what, the kids need to be taught and discipled that Bible study is good, even at a young age. Even if they lose a little sleep or they have to learn how to wake up. You know how some kids are when they wake up when they didn't get a lot of sleep, they're all grouchy and bad attitude. And and sometimes parents just don't even want to deal with it. So, you know, let's just skip church and get the kids to bed early. No, how about we just come to church, let the Holy Spirit pour in on your kids, and we'll deal with the grouchiness in the morning. It's a discipleship opportunity because your kids are being blessed. As the faithful servants downstairs are taking time to take the gospel and bring it down to their level. Sharing the word so that they can understand it. 
that they can receive. It's always a good investment when you turn your hearts toward the Lord. Especially when you have questions like spiritual gifts. Tell me about that. I want to know about the spiritual gifts because I want to walk in the spirit. I want to live in the spirit. I want to know what it means to have the spirit dwelling in me, coming upon me, being baptized in the spirit, knowing that I can't do this on my own. It's not a Christian life to be lived. It's a life to abide in Jesus Christ. And he'll do the living in you and through you. The days, my friends, are short. And the coming of Jesus Christ is at hand. If there's any ever a time in any a day or generation that's alive that there's no room for messing around, it's our generation. It's us. The coming of the Lord is near our salvation. As the Bible said 2,000 years ago, is nearer than when we first believed. What do you think it is now 2,000 years later? It's 2,000 years nearer of the coming of the Lord. Knowing your spiritual gift and understanding how the Spirit operates in your life is critical for your spiritual growth, for you to become that mature, strong believer. Knowing where you fit in the body, knowing how God has designed you. I believe that God, according to his word, has given every believer a spiritual gift to help us walk properly. Jot this down. Let me read it to you. It's in Romans chapter 13, verse 11. Paul is winding his letter down to the Romans, and he says, And do this knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. One way this happens is walking in the Spirit. Yielding to the Spirit in your life, exercising your spiritual gift. Pick up with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. If you weren't with us last time, You might be a little concerned that when I'm reading my Bible, I'm just skipping words when I want to skip them. As I read verse 1, now concerning spiritual, most of your Bibles has the word gifts right after the word spiritual. Do you see it? It's also in italics, which reminds us that this was a word inserted by the translators to help us understand the Greek language. The way the Greek reads doesn't translate very well into the English The translators make decisions. You'll see these italic words all throughout the New Testament and the Old Testament. These are words that are added to help us understand the sentence. Unfortunately, adding this word hurts us more than it helps us. It'd be better to read verse 1 like I did. Now concerning spiritual, or from the original language, spiritualities or spirituals. Concerning the spiritual realm. Concerning life with the spirit. This isn't a flow on, this flow of section here for for the church in Corinth isn't a teaching on spiritual gifts as much as it is teaching on the spiritual realm, living in the spirit, watching the spirit work in our lives. 
what Paul is about to share with the Corinthians isn't a list of spiritual gifts at all, but simply spirituality or spiritual things. He broke them down, remember, into four categories. Verse 4 is the first category of spiritual things. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. Category number one, diversities of gifts. We learn what those gifts are in Romans chapter 12. There are seven spiritual gifts listed in Romans chapter 12. Every believer has been given one of those spiritual gifts. Your spiritual gift is your motivation in serving. It's what moves you. When when I'm doing what I like doing in the Lord, what God is blessing in my life, it's probably your spiritual gift. Probably where God has gifted you. For some people right now, if I was to point out and say, okay, we're going to do a random choosing today of the person that's going to teach the Bible study tonight. And I'm just going to roll a wheel and there's a seat number there and I'm going to call out your seat number and most of you are going to be afraid to death. You're like, I'm not going up there. I'm not standing before people. I don't understand that text. I didn't study. I'm not sure. Probably don't have the gift of teaching. Probably not. That's probably an indication that teaching isn't where you, where you are. Now, some of you are like, oh, are you going to do that ever, Ed? I, that sounds cool. I'd like to do that. No. <laughs> but there are many opportunities here in the church to exercise your gift of teaching, and we'd love to plug you in in some ways or others. Some of you have that gift of mercy. You're a compassionate person, and your first response to things is being merciful. Some of you have the gift of leading seems everyone likes and wants to follow. You have a way of motivating people. You have a way, and you can look. If you don't know your spiritual gift, you need to know what it is. We went through this study in depth week after week in Romans chapter 12. We laid out the spiritual gifts for you. We taught what it looked like, the definition of the gift, how it operated in the early church, how it operated in the life of Jesus, how it helps the body of Christ. And we even looked at some of the dangers of each spiritual gift. Listening out some of the dangers, I I got so much feedback from that series of messages, and it was the dangers on the spiritual gifts that really got people's attention. Like some of the dangers is that you become very black and white, and and you're like, that's me. I go, no, it is. It's a danger for your gifting. When you become very black and white, or you become very judgmental, or we went through every single one, all seven of them, you need to know what your spiritual gift is. It needs to be confirmed by the Lord, what will motivate you and move you to action. What you really enjoy doing. For someone that's not gifted to teach, being forced to teach is a miserable experience. It's a miserable thing to be doing something that you're not supposed to be doing, that the Holy Spirit hasn't gifted you, that it brings no joy to you. It's just a burden. It's just one of the things that we've seen over the years as people that that really step up and think, you know, Pastor Ed, I, I think I like the, I think I have the gift of teaching. So we put it up, we set it up in such a way where we send them off on a teaching assignment and then just the studying alone was such a burden to them that they like, I, I don't know if I have the gift of teaching. And if you don't like to study, then you probably don't have the gift of teaching. And I speak of that gift because I'm familiar with it. I see that in my own life. I happen to love studying. I happen to love putting pieces together. I, I, could, st- I could do Bible studies on one or two words every night, every week. If I just I like it. It's fun. It's the way God's wired me. And I want to encourage you, if you don't know what your spiritual gift is, 
There is a set, a study set of CDs downstairs. You can grab them in the bookstore if you want to. Or up online in our study in Romans. They're all up there. You can watch the study or listen to the MP3 so that you know what your spiritual gift. Maybe you already have an idea of what your spiritual gift is. Then grab that one study on that gifting. Listen to it and see if God doesn't use it to confirm in your life. There are diversities of gifts, he says. And each one of us has one. We all fit perfectly in the body with our gifts. The gift charisma, same word used in Romans chapter 12, verse 4, the charismatic motivating gifts of the Spirit. The next category is in verse 5, notice, there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. Paul now turns his attention to specific callings that Jesus has for some people to do. Differing gifts of the Spirit, but also differing roles with those gifts. We find a listing of a few of them in Ephesians chapter 4. Different gifting positions or ministries that are given to the church to help the church grow up. These differences of ministries you could call, if you like to write in your Bible, you could write next to it, special assignments where a gifted person is given a special assignment with their gifting. Special assignments that Jesus gives to his believers to bless the family, to encourage the body. They're given to us to grow up into maturity. The third category is in verse 6. There are diversities of activities, or you could say differences of operations, Or the word literally means energies, different ways the energies through the service of ministry flow through the church. There are differences of activities, but it's the same God that works all in all. In this third category, Paul describes for us the uniqueness of how the gifts and ministries operate within the body, unique to the person exercising them. The word literally means energies. And when you're using your gifts for Jesus, all sorts of things are going to be going on at the same time, but under the leading of one God. The beauty of the work of the Holy Spirit is that it's unique to you and your personality. It, that should be some, one of the most freeing things for you tonight. That You don't need to be anyone else. You don't need to compare yourself with anyone else. You don't need to think you're better or worse off than anyone else. In the Spirit, you just need to be yourself. In the hand of God, being conformed and changed. Some of the most difficult condemnations that believers face and receive is when they compare themselves with someone else. If you don't have that problem, good for you. But most do have a problem in that area. Most, if things are going really, really well, it's very easy to fall into the flesh and sort of look around and say, well, things are going really, really well for me. Too bad for you, you know? Or when things are going really, really bad for you and you're looking around, all you can see is people doing, then you'll say, hey, things are going really, really good for you, too bad for me. It's a double-sided coin of pride. The beauty, though, is with all these differences, just one Lord, one spirit. The fourth category is what 1 Corinthians is going to be teaching us. He says, but the manifestation, this is in verse 7, of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. This is where a lot in the church, many believers, have become confused in this section of Scripture. It's where a lot of confusion comes because over the years, most of us have been taught to think of verses 8 through 11 as just another listing of spiritual gifts. 
I know that for many years I looked at 1 Corinthians 12 and Ephesians 4 and Romans 12, put them all those into a bucket and said, here you are. These are the spiritual gifts. Just go ahead and pick which one you want, which one you think you have. The Bible seems to indicate something completely different from that. Spiritual gifts in Romans 12, spiritual ministries or gifted people in Ephesians 4, and the manifestations of the Spirit here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The manifestations of the Spirit, or you could look at them like like power tools, if you will, in a toolbox. Like, for instance, if, if you're a plumber, that's what you are. You're a plumber. But in your toolbox, you have different tools to make you a better plumber. Where you might use one wrench on this particular pipe, you would throw that wrench away, and you'd use something else for that particular problem. You don't use the same tool in every situation. That's where the manifestations of the Spirit comes. Where the Spirit of God will come alongside of you and help you move forward in your gifting help you move forward in exercising your gift. And there are nine of them, nine manifestations that are listed for us in 1 Corinthians, different tools that the Holy Spirit uses in your spiritual toolbox to enhance your gifting. For instance, a lot of the gifts, a lot of the manifestations of the Spirit flow during Bible study, right here from the pulpit. I don't always know that, but you do. One of, the, one of the gifts that often flows alongside of teaching is the word of knowledge. We'll get to this in depth when we get to the gifts, but the word of knowledge, where I'm going through with notes that I've prayed over, things I've jotted down, things that I believe the Lord would have for this text to handle the text well. I've studied for many, many weeks to show myself approved. I put it all together. I've, I've got it all in line. I want to keep your attention. I want to keep you energized in the word. I want the applications to fit. So a lot of my time in prayer and preparation is putting this all together. But there are those times where I'll step away and I'll begin to speak to a specific issue, a specific thing, and you walk out saying, I can't believe he knew. Who told him? him what was going on in my life I'll tell you who told me your husband no I'm just kidding that's, that's not true the Holy Spirit spoke through this time of Bible study it wasn't in my notes I don't have you on page three make sure you tell Mary all about what's going on in her life just what happened at work today as you were right there by the water cooler what no it doesn't say that but being led by the Spirit as I'm exercising this gift of teaching that God has given to me. It's not me, it's His work through me. I might just step aside and begin to speak to a thing. Or I might use some dumb illustration of something happened in my life. And most of you are just like, come on, dude, move on. But there are three people that said, no, no, no. God is speaking to me. And you're like, wow. A word of knowledge coming alongside the gift of teaching. Then we go right back. And we start to teach again with the word of God through the spirit. And the gifts are all working together. It's powerful. And it's beautiful and encouraging. I want you to notice something in all the diversity and all the differences and all the diversities, the manifestation, all of these, I want you to notice something, something you can just chew on and think on. But I want you to see how the Trinity is involved in your life. The Godhead. God the Father is involved in your life. Jesus the Son is involved in your life, and the Spirit of God is involved in your life. How do we see that? Well, in verse 4, we see that the gifts are related to the Spirit. The diversity is of gifts, but it's the same Spirit. In verse 5, we see the ministries are related to the Son, Jesus. Different ministries, the same Lord Jesus. Then in verse 6, the diversities of activities, but it's the same God. It's the same Father working through our lives. 
The gifts, linked to the Spirit. Ministries, linked to the Son. Operations or the energies that are moving through us and with one another in the body, linked to the Father. And as we're serving the Lord, you and I, when we have the great privilege of being used by God, the Trinity, the Godhead is involved in your life. Powerful. That's a study in and of itself. We've done that before as we've looked at the Trinity as revealed in the scriptures and how the Trinity involved in the baptism of Jesus Christ, the Trinity involved in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, The Godhead has permeated all of our lives in and through us, even in the spiritual gifts that we exercise from him. As we're serving the Lord, ministries and giftings are powerfully used by God to reach others, to minister to one another. There are things that you're doing in Jesus Christ that apart from the Spirit, you wouldn't be able to do. The giftings of God are not natural talents. It's not just because you're good at something. It's because God has gifted you in that area. They might match up with your natural talents, but don't confuse your natural talents just because you're good at something that that means it's necessarily a spiritual gifting of God. God can use that natural talent But what he wants us flowing is in the Spirit. He wants us serving and living in the Spirit. That's Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace. And Pastor Ed, you just touched on something of great importance. And that is the Lord wants us serving and living in the Spirit. So would you take a moment to contrast that with how many Christians attempt to live their lives in their own strength? Well, you know, Larry, we've been conditioned and brought up in a culture that truly values hard work and independence. And I I believe that God values hard work and dependence. And there's a great difference between independence and dependence. And it's expressed within the spiritual language of walking in the Spirit or walking in the flesh. Think of walking in the Spirit as relying upon the resources and power of God, and think of walking in the flesh or in our own strength as relying upon our resources, what we have available to us, our mind, our abilities, and we're limited. We might be able to make some progress, we might be able to accomplish something, but not that which pleases God, because it's in our own strength. You know, for example, uh, Gary, uh, here's a great example. Um, this whole idea of of holding our anger in. You know, let's say we get upset about something. Let's say we're driving down the highway and you pick the number that reflects where you live. Here it's I-25, or I think back into Southern Cal, you know, going down the 91 or the 605, and you get cut off. And instead of getting angry and screaming, and I can't believe it, you bite your tongue and you keep it all inside. Well, when you bite your tongue, you're just simply holding back in your own strength an outburst of wrath. But that outburst of wrath became an inburst of wrath, and you really didn't accomplish much except that you sinned on the inside but not on the outside. But did you know that God, by His Spirit living in us, promises us that a fruit of our abiding in him is self-control so that neither do you have to bite your tongue or even get mad that someone cut you off. Imagine that. Imagine not being upset at being cut off. How is that possible? Well, it's not just a personality thing, but instead of biting your tongue, 
You just give preference to the other person. How? Because you're relying upon the strength of the Lord and you're allowing him to control you and moving on to what's next. I mean, it's so important. You can look at this at every area of life, and it's good that we dedicate ourselves to walking in the Spirit, relying upon the resources of God, abiding in Him moment by moment. Good encouragement there to rely on the Lord and His abounding grace as we live our lives. If you joined us late or would just like to hear this message again, turn to calvaryco.church, or you can listen through our app, too. Search for Calvary Aurora in the App Store or Google Play. Abounding Grace is made possible through the support of our listeners. And when you give a donation of $25 or more to Abounding Grace, you're invited to request a copy of Christopher Yuan's book, Holy Sexuality and the Gospel. This book will help you better understand sexuality in light of God's grand story and come to realize that holy sexuality is actually good news for all. Your generosity helps us provide the teaching of God's Word on stations all across the nation. We're constantly hearing from listeners that have been helped and are growing by God's abounding grace. Thank you for standing with us. Call 877-30-GRACE or visit calvaryco.church. Then be sure to join Pastor Ed Taylor next time for more teaching from 1 Corinthians. That's right here on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.